0: So we're, we're, in a, we're, in a, we're in a series called Ghost Stories, and so tonight is part three in a three-part series on a study on the Holy Spirit. And uh, a few weeks ago, Paul Artino talked to us about how the Holy Spirit has been given to us for the sake of ministry. So that was one of the huge things that he talked about. And, and ministry isn't just something that you do if you work out of a church. If you're a Christian, you're, you're called to full-time ministry. And one of the things that Paul was really trying to drive at is the Holy Spirit was given to you for the purpose of bringing the love of Jesus to the world. And last week, Shannon Butler, he talked to us about spiritual gifts and how kind of along those lines of loving others, the Holy Spirit has given you, if you're a Christian, a gift or gifts to bless God's people in order to build up the body so that we can be God's light to this world. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to you, what I, what I, what I have tonight. Um, but before we do, let's just pray one more time and ask that the Spirit of God would just speak through me and do in our hearts what only he can do. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we do ask for your help. Lord, we ask that you uh, would meet us where we are. We pray that you would uh, move in our hearts, God, and that you would press against the things that you want to uh, press against. God, we pray that you would bring healing. We pray that you would bring truth. God, I pray that you would speak me, speak through me during this time, and uh, we just ask for your presence. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. One of the things that I was, uh, I was thinking about as I was kind of putting together this message on the Holy Spirit and just kind of thinking about all the people that I know, and um, I've just really come to realize that following Jesus can be hard sometimes. Like, like, can we just admit that for a second? Like, if you put your hand there, like, would you just admit, like, following Jesus is hard sometimes. Like, Jesus, I, Jesus in the Gospels, he says, um, my, bird, my yoke is light, my, my, my burden is easy, or my yoke is light, my burden is easy, whatever. <laughs> what he's trying to get, is like, come to me, and you will find rest. Come to me, and I will give you freedom. And here's the thing, I, I, if you know me, you know that I, I love the Lord. Like, I really do. I love Jesus with everything I have. Like, I want to experience these things that every, we've all been talking about the Holy Spirit, but I've just come to realize, like, man, I still struggle with all the same things that I struggle with. Like, the, the addictions, the, the thought patterns, like, all the things that I thought I'd be freed from by now, I, I still wrestle with. And, and, and not only with me personally, but I've been even thinking about, like, my RC group and, and the people that I lead and the people that I get to serve with. And, and everything, like, a constant theme is just, like, struggle. And I don't say that to, to kind of like put a damper on the night or like a damper on the Christian life. Because as, as you'll see tonight, I believe a Christian life is full of joy, full of abundant life. But there is just a reality that, that we're all messy, <laughs> that we all have struggles. It reminds me of uh, the Apostle Paul in, in Romans 7. He says, like, think about this. This is the Apostle Paul, one of, like, the, the foundational people of the, Christian, of the Christian faith. Like, he spread the gospel of Jesus, like, all over the known world at the time. And this is his own personal, like, him, right, like his own journal. He's saying, I do not understand what I do. Is for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, that's the thing I actually do. He's like, these are these things that I don't want to do, and the things that I don't want to do are the things I actually end up doing. And the things that I want to do those are the things that I actually don't end up doing. Anyone feel like that? Yeah, okay. So then he goes on, verse 18, you can skip down. He says, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This is what I keep on doing. So then he says this, verse 21. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. You guys know that experience? Like, I want to do good, but as soon as I'm there, evil's right there to trip me up. And then he says this, what a wretched man I am. This is, this is the Apostle Paul who wrote our, part of our scriptures. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what is it? Pa- pa- Paul is describing something that is inside all of us. And, and he refers to it as a sinful nature. The Bible also refers to it as kind of like a weird word called the flesh. And if you're not, if you're not familiar with like kind of the Christian faith or Christian lingo, the flesh can be a really creepy word. And, and, and one of the things I want to talk to you tonight is like this battle against the flesh that we all experience. And, and, and I'm going to define it for you guys. And if you can just keep this in your mind, this will really be helpful as we, um, as we go on through the rest of what we're going to talk about. Your flesh is, sim- is, is simply my natural human inclination to find life and value in anything besides Jesus. I'll say that again. The flesh is my natural human inclination to find life in anything and value in anything besides Jesus. It's, it, it's that sinful nature that we're all born with. It's that selfish-driven part of you that says, I want what I want, and I don't care what anyone else says. Like, no one likes to admit that we have that in us, but there is just like, I, just, I want what I want, and I don't care what anyone else says. Uh, in Ephesians 2, Paul talks about, uh, he talks about it as like these cravings, these desires, these thoughts of the mind. And so as I was like kind of processing all this in my, my own experience, and I, was just, I was just like, what, what's the solution? Like, like is there, is, are we just told about the problem or is there like, is there actually a solution to this? And I, And what I want to talk to you guys about tonight is you can open up your Bibles to Galatians 5. We're going to be looking at verses 13 through 26, and what I want to talk to you about is how dependence upon the Holy Spirit, a life empowered by the Holy Spirit and walking with the Holy Spirit is the solution to overcoming these desires in your life, all right? Um, one of the things that I, uh, I, I was thinking about also, I was like, if you like really pause for a second and like think about what we've been talking about this whole time, like what we're, what the Christian claim is is that God himself lives inside of you. Like, like that's amazing. Like, the, the power that brought the universe into existence actually lives inside of you and wants to empower you to live a life of freedom. Right? Okay. Galatians 5, 13 uh, through 26. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you can, um, you can grab one on the table. Uh, if you have an app, I'm going to be uh, working through the NIV version. And... Uh, and yeah, let's see what Paul says. So Galatians 5, starting in verse 13, he says this. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. In other words, Christian, you're loved, you've been forgiven, you've been cleansed. There's nothing that you have to do to prove yourself to God. If you identify with Jesus, you are completely free. And I know maybe there's some of you who came tonight who that's, that's literally just what you need to hear tonight. Like, you feel like God's mad at you. You feel like God is against you, you. You don't feel refreshed. And Paul's saying, listen, brother and sister, you were called to be free. You are free. God is for you. You've been forgiven. There's nothing to prove anymore. And then he goes on to say, say this. He says, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, right? Just because you have nothing to prove just because you don't have to gir- to earn God's favor and acceptance in your life, don't think that that just means you can do whatever you want. He says, rather, serve one another humbly in love. One of the things that I, I, I really want you guys to see tonight, and what Paul's trying to do here, and it's just the one observation from this verse, is that when you say yes to the flesh, you, you're saying no to love. So I, I talk to a lot of people, and they just talk about, like, when I sin, it's simply just saying yes to something that's bad. But for, for the Bible and for the, the claim of the, of, of the Christian faith is that, no, when you say yes to the flesh, you're actually saying no to love. That The flesh will always lead you away from, from love, and, and love will always lead you away from the flesh. Make sense? Verse 14, he says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Right? So everything the Old Testament was trying to do is fulfilled in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. The decision to put another person's needs in front of your own. Verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed because that's, that's going to end up, that's, that's what actually ends up happening when you say yes to the flesh. All right, so this is where we're going to get to with Paul's solution. Verse 16, he says this, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Paul saying, listen, that's like a promise. Like, if you walk by the Spirit, I promise you, if you walk by God's Spirit, you will not fulfill, you will not gratify these desires of the flesh. Then he says this, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Paul's saying, listen, there is literally a war going on inside of you. Like, if you're a Christian, there's, there's literally a war going on inside of you. You live with two realities inside of you. You have this flesh and you have the spirit. And, and the flesh is leading you away from God. It's saying, find life in something else. Do things your way. And then there's the spirit who's saying, no, my desires are completely different. I want to lead you totally somewhere else. And for, and for Paul, he's saying, if you walk by the spirit, you won't fulfill those desires that you have. So, so here, here's, here's the question we need to ask. What does it mean to walk by the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit? And, and here's what it means. To walk by the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit is simply to follow the Holy Spirit's direction and guidance in your life. I'll say that again. It's to follow the Holy Spirit's direction and guidance in your life. It's kind of like if you were going to go hike uh, Mount Everest um, and you've never done it before, it's a super dangerous hike. Not very many people do it. They would give you something called a trail guide right? So it's like, you'll take a group of people and say, hey, listen, you've trained for this. You just need to follow this trail guide, and he will lead you up the safest parts of the mountain to the places you want to go to reach your ultimate goal, right? And what Paul's saying is like, listen, the Holy Spirit is like your trail guide. Like, don't, don't turn off from the left. Don't turn off to the left. Don't go to the right. Like, I know it looks like that there's, a, there's a better trail that way. I know it looks more appealing that way, but the trail guide knows best the trail guide knows best. And so it, it, here's, here's another thing I was thinking about. It's like, okay, so if we're supposed to walk by the Spirit, and if we walk by the Spirit, we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Why is it that walking that walking and being led by the Spirit will actually free you from these desires? And here's why. It's because the Holy Spirit will lead you to places your flesh doesn't want to go and to the people it would rather avoid in order to bring, to bring the love of Jesus to the world. I'll say that again. The Holy Spirit will lead you to the places your flesh does not want to go, and to the people it would rather avoid to bring the love of Jesus to the world. Um, two Fridays ago, um, I, had a, I had a really busy day. So Friday, um, my wife's at work. Uh, normally, I'm home alone, and I can use that day to get a lot of stuff done so that I can spend some time with my wife when... Um, when uh, she gets home. And I, I had all this stuff stacked up for my day, so I, like, I had to get an oil change, I had to change uh, some tires on my car, and honestly, I was kinda trying to prep for this message. And uh, so I did some stuff in the morning, and I, I went on a walk around my apartment complex, because that's something that I do um, somewhat often, just kinda get some fresh air. And as I was going out, uh, walking around my uh, apartment complex, I hear, like, a, a guy yelling out into the road, and I was just like, okay, that's kind of interesting. And so I look outside the, the fence of my apartment, and there's the, a guy who's standing on the curb side who's blind, and uh, he has a, his stick to kind of, like, reach out and see if there's objects in front of him when he's walking, and he's standing on the edge of the curb looking into the street, and he's yelling at it. And everything in that moment was like, oh, my gosh. Like, if I, I know the spirit of God I was saying, like, hey, you need to go love that person, like I, I want you to go there, but everything in me, my flesh, was like, no, that's too inconvenient. That's um, that's gonna get messy. I like I have a lot of things to do. So I kind of like, you know, when like the Holy Spirit's heavy on you, and you kind of like do one of these things, and you're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I like I froze for like 30 seconds, and I was like, okay, Lord, I know this is from you. I'm gonna go. And so, anyways, I go up to the guy. I was like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, I'm having a, a really bad day. Like he was super mad. And I was like, hey, wh- 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 where are you going? What's going on? And he's like, I'm going to the library. Then I have to go to Walmart. And then I have to go get some lunch. And I'm going to bring it back to my wife. And I was like, how are you getting there? He's like, well, I'm going to walk. I was like, that's like two miles away. <laughs> it, it, the library itself is two miles away. So long story short, I, uh, I was like, dude, listen, let, just come. I'll, I'll drive you around. I'll take you to all these places. And uh, I'll just get to know you a little bit. And so as I was kind of talking with him, like, he was just, like, having a really hard time. So for blind people, uh, apparently in the state of Arizona, 90% of them are unemployed. And um, <clears throat> not only that, he was frustrated they couldn't get work. But people don't normally hire blind people because he says they assume that they can't do things. And he's like, I'm really capable for doing all these things. And then he's like, and not only that, because I can't work, I, can't, I, can't, I don't have enough money to, like, keep money on my phone. Like, uh, my phone's going to shut down. And for him, like, his, his phone, like, reads off the safari to him. It, like, it, like speaks to him. So it's like, it's, like, his way of, like, participating uh, with others. And I was, as I was just spending a bunch of time with him, like, I felt like God was just, like, just putting me in his life to, like, just to love him, to care for him, to serve for him. And then I come to find out that he's a Christian and that he, like, he, like him and his wife, like, love Jesus so much. And I, was, and I spent probably the next two hours with him. And by the way, I don't tell this story to, like, pat myself on the back. There's so many times I've said no to the Spirit that I'm embarrassed of. <laughs> this is the one time I said yes. <laughs> and um, so, so I, anyways, I spent some time with him. And then, then my wife texts me probably two hours later. She's like, hey, um, what would you think about, instead of, like, going on a date tonight, we use our time to just go and, like, love and bless somebody. Which, By the way, if you're single, that's the type of woman you want to pick up. And uh, so I, was like, I was like, you wouldn't believe it. Like, I, I just met, um, I met this guy named Tony and uh, his wife Tina. And she's like, how about we just go over and just spend some time with them tonight? So long story short, we spent all this time, and I was just like, I was thinking about that. I was like, that was totally, that's what it means to be led by the Spirit. Like, if it's true that the, that the Spirit will lead you to love in order to overcome the flesh, which will lead you to selfishness, like, that, that was the Spirit's leading in my life. And, he, and God was trying to say, hey, listen, you hate to be inconvenienced, and you don't like to get in messy situations, and I'm going to help you overcome your fleshly desires by, by helping you love. And one of the things that um, I was thinking about is, like, when you pray, one of the things I learned from that story is, like, when you pray for the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction in your life, like, you're actually, know what you're praying for. You're praying for the Holy Spirit to lead you to love. And if if the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to love, and if love is messy and inconvenient, then you should, a good expectation is, if I'm praying for the Holy Spirit to lead you in my life today, I'm expecting that today, it's probably going to be messy, and things aren't probably going to go the way I wanted them to, and there's probably going to be all these opportunities to love people in ways that push against my idols in my life. Love is messy, it's inefficient, and it's inconvenient, but it's the way the spirit leads us to overcome the flesh in our life. And so from then on, Paul moves on uh in verse 19 and he's and, and he says this. He's like, okay, I, I've told you if, if if you are led by the Spirit, um, that's how you're gonna overcome the desires of the flesh. But here's let me just tell you now what's gonna happen if, if 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 you choose to be led by the flesh in your life. And then he says this. He says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry. Idolatry is simply devoting yourself fully to something other than God. In witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Fits of rage, have you guys been on the freeway at 8 a.m.? There it is, the flesh in action. Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. One of the things I think is so interesting about this, uh, what Paul's saying here, is, like, our culture says, like, life is found in doing whatever you want. Like, joy is found in doing whatever you want. Happiness, satisfaction, it's found in just fulfilling all these cravings and desires you have. I was on the ten the other day, and there's this, this sign that says, You do you. You know, you guys hear that? Like you just you do you. Man, you do you. I was like, this is Paul's way of saying like, hey, if you do you, this is what you get. (laughs) And if our culture says like life is found in doing whatever you want, Paul is saying, no. Listen, if you follow your passions, if you follow your fleshly passions, it will lead to a breakdown in your relationship with God. It will lead to a breakdown in your relationship with others. It will lead to a breakdown in your relationship in your own soul. One of the things that I've just, I, I was thinking through as I was kind of processing this, too, was, like, so, so many, um, I feel like, Christians, and it, I feel like it's a lie of the enemy, they talk about God as, like, restricting me. Like, I just feel like God is trying to restrict me from what, like, the world has, and, like, the world is having a lot of fun. And we even kind of talk about it like that. Like, the world's having so much fun, and, like, you know, like, we kind of talk about, like, like we're very curious about it. One of the things I want to like, no, God's like God's protecting you from what will crush you. Like our culture says, life is found in doing whatever you want, and it's the very things that are crushing them. Like it's making them miserable inside. Like I've talked to so many people who come through these doors. Like I'm doing everything, every I'm fulfilling every desire, and I feel miserable. It's because when you live outside God's design, it always results in destruction. And God's trying to protect you. And He's trying to lead you into freedom so that you can experience true life. Um, then Paul moves on in verse, um, in verse 21, he says this thing. He says, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. When I first read that, I was like, maybe I can just like skip that that part of that verse. Like that, that seems like hard to explain. But Oftentimes, I think that sometimes we take the Bible's strong language and we like to, like, disassociate ourselves with what it's trying to say. And, um, like, if you think about this, Paul's Paul's writing this to a church. Like, he's telling the Galatian church, I warn you, if you live a life fulfilling your desires and you just do whatever you want all the time, like, those people will not inherit the kingdom of God. Like, why would you say that? Like, why would Paul say that? Because how you live shows what you love, right? How you live shows what you love. So if, it's like if I, if, if I told you, like, hey, I, I love my wife, Crystal, so much. Like, she means everything to me. Like, I'm, I'm so loyal to her. I'm devoted to her. And then, like, you came home, and you, and you, and you watched me, and I didn't know. And I, I, I felt like, if you saw me, I was like, I was always rude to Crystal. Like, I never wanted to spend time with her. And I just kind of felt like she was trying to, like, restrict me just like, oh, like, you would be like, no, you, that's, that's foolish. (laughs) The way you live shows that, that you, that you don't love her, and I, and I think what Paul is trying to say is, listen, if you're, if you're somebody who is living in habitual disobedience to God, and you kind of have, like, a, and I don't really even care that much, it's, it's not a comfortable place to be. It's not a comfortable place to be, because how you live shows what you love, and, and honestly, one of the one of the best ways to show what you love is is two things: how do you how do you use your money, and how do you spend your time, right? What do you do with your time, and what do you do with your money? And those things will show you, ultimately, what you will love. Paul Paul moves on uh, from there, and then he 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 goes to verse twenty-two. He says, "All right, the the solution to this problem of the flesh in our life is the spirit and the." the uh, the flesh, it'll lead you to destruction and broken relationships and uh, a soul that's miserable. I, but I want to ch- show you the freedom that the Holy Spirit will lead you to. And this is what he says, verse 22. He says, with the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. So Paul's saying you'll get love in a world that's full of hate. You'll get joy in a world that's hopeless. You'll get peace in, in a culture that's dominated by anxiety. One of the things I feel like I, I wrestle with a lot is anxiety. And if you look in our culture, one of the, in my even RC group, like I would say 90% of the time people talk about how anxious they are. And what Paul's saying, no, the spirit will lead you to peace. You'll get patience in a world that's, that's always in a frenzy. You'll get kindness in relationships that are filled with are filled with selfishness. You'll get faithfulness in a world of broken promises and commitments. You'll get gentleness instead of in relationships and people that are harsh and brash. You'll get self-controlled in an uncontrolled world. And at the end of the day, you just get Jesus. You get Jesus. Like Jesus was the happiest man to ever walk the planet. He had arguably the least. Like he was poor, he was often homeless. And he was the most secure, he was the most joyful man to ever walk this planet. And one of the interesting things about the Bible is it talks about the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Jesus come into our hearts. And when the, when the Spirit of God comes into your hearts, you'll, you'll get the fruit of Jesus in your life. And ultimately, the Spirit wants to bring you to a place where um, it'll take you to actually what your soul truly longs for. Like, what's your soul, and like all these appetites and these cravings, like, what, what, your heart ultimately longs for, is Jesus. And the Spirit wants to take you there. So instead of a relational breakdown with God and breakdown in your own heart and breakdown in your relationship with others, it will result in harmony. Harmony in your relationship with God, harmony in your soul, and harmony in your relationship with others. And then Paul says this, verse 24, he says that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with this, with its passions and desires, one of the things I, I, I want you to know is that, it, and it's found in the words, "those who belong." the The, the Bible says that there is freedom from the, these passions. Like there are freedoms from these passions, but it's for those who belong to Jesus. So, if you're not a Christian in the room, I I I do want you to consider the claims of the Bible. That, like, if you want freedom from the things that are crushing you, the call of Jesus and the call of the Holy Spirit is to find it in Jesus but for those of us who, who know the Lord those this is those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires um I, I if, 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 if one of the things that I was wrestling with was okay if I if, if my if my passions have been crucified to the cross like if, if they've been dealt with like why do why am I still struggling with them and take the Im- take the image of crucifixion for a second. Crucifixion was a gradual way to die, but it was always final, right? So, like as soon as you were crucified, like when they crucified you to that cross, it, you were gonna die. But sometimes you would hang on the cross for a couple days. And, and in the very same way, it's the same with our flesh. It's been crucified. And either when the Lord returns or when you go to be him, be with him, your, your flesh, these passions and these cravings that pull against your soul and your heart that wage the war, that just stress you out and are just so frustrating, it will finally one day breathe its last breath. I was listening to a pastor who was talking about this passage, and he said this phrase that was so freeing to me. He says, you need to know that your strongest desire isn't always your deepest desire. Like your strongest desire isn't always your deepest desire. And I was just, and I, I was so, that offered me so much hope. Because, like, I feel like so often it's like, I, I want to love Jesus. Like, I want to live in his ways. I want to do all these things. But, like, the strongest desire in my life is, has nothing to do with that. Like, the, the lustful thoughts, why won't they go away? The selfishness, like, why do I keep preferring myself? And why do I keep doing all these things? Like, these desires are so strong in my life. But deep down underneath all those is, I just want to follow Jesus. And, and, and I hope that's an encouragement to you. Like, your, your strongest desire isn't always your deepest desire. And one day, Jesus will make your strongest desire in line with your deepest desires. Amen? All right. Um, and then Paul says this, verse 25. He says, so first he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions, desires. Verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So here's where we're going to end. Um, how, can, how, how can we keep in step with the Spirit? Um, this is the phrase I, I would use. You need to, to feed the Spirit and starve the flesh, right? Feed the Spirit and starve the flesh. Galatians 6, um, 7 through 8 says this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows... Or gives attention or feeds, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. In other words, if you give a bunch of attention to the flesh and your desires and your cravings, it's just gonna grow into something really, really big and it's gonna result in destruction in your life. If you feed the spirit in your life, you're just gonna grow the spirit's appetite in your life and the things of God are just gonna be growing and growing and growing in your life. And so you have to feed the spirit and starve the flesh. It's kind of like I have a couple of dogs at my parents' place. And um, if, I, if I ever want to get one of them to hang around me a little bit more, because I've been gone now that I'm married, I don't live at home, at that home. <laughs> and uh, I'll just kind of, like, feed the dog, you know, just like, hey, man, here you go. And the next thing I you know, like, he's all, like, next to me. He's, like, licking me in the face. You know, like, he's all super close to me. And, we, and One of the things, we treat our sin the same way. It's like, um, like, I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm just going to, like, like, play with it a little, like, once a week. And we think there's zero harm in it. And when Paul's saying, like, no, listen, if you feed it, its appetite just grows, like, crazy. <laughs> He's saying, so, so don't, do, don't do that. Starve the flesh, it, but feed the spirit instead. So, so how, how do we starve the flesh? Three questions that you have to ask yourself. What is my weakness? Like, what is that thing? Like, when I say your desire or um whatever you do to find life outside of God whatever that is for you like what is your weakness and then you have to ask yourself this question how am I feeding it right so what is my weakness how am I feeding it and the last question you have to ask yourself is how can I starve it right so, so some, like guys <clears throat> let me talk to you for a second if you if you are struggling with lust and um in, in Netflix or whatever thing you watch is like you're just okay with wa- casually watching things that are, are feeding that thing it's like it, it, it's not it's not something that is innocent and it's not something that's just gonna like not help it like it's, it's it's legitimately not gonna help at all it's just gonna grow, it's gonna grow, it's gonna grow, and over a long period of time it'll grow into something that you like two months later you'll look back and be like, "How did we get here It's because we constantly constantly feed in small, small ways until it grows to something really big. And and what I'm trying to say is like, listen, like, just starve it out. (laughs) Like, completely starve it out. Like, don't give room for the enemy to get a foothold in your heart and in your life. All right, so you starve the flesh and how do we we feed the spirit? This kind of comes back to our last um, uh, conversation last month on encountering God. Like, we need the spirit of God inside of us to change us. And so the first thing that you can do to feed the spirit in your life is pray. Pray One of the things that I've been trying to do every morning for the last, like, week, week and a half is um, start to start every day praying, Holy Spirit, will you lead me today? And when you pray for the Holy Spirit to lead you for that day, it's really cool because you'll actually start to see all the people and all the things that God is bringing to you or taking you to in order to bring love, right? So, like, all of a sudden, you see, like, you're about to do something, and then all of a sudden, someone comes up to you and wants to have a conversation and you realize, oh, the Spirit is leading me to love that person right now. Like, the Spirit is actually leading me into inconvenience to teach me to love, to put away my selfishness. So pray that the Holy Spirit, my challenge with you the next week, pray that the Holy Spirit would lead you for that day, and, and, and just notice all the different things that start to happen. The second thing, read the, read the Bible. Get the truth of God into your heart. <laughs> Right. If the spirit of God lives inside of us, take the truths of Scripture and nourish the Holy Spirit inside of you. Like just continue to feed it, feed its desires, grow an appetite for it. And the Holy Spirit, what happens is he takes those truths, he takes the things about God, the things that God says about us, and he he starts to change us from the inside out. And when there is doubt, he starts to turn it into faith. And, and he and he starts to he starts just to cultivate just an appetite for the things of God in our life. Read the Bible. And the last thing I would say is get, in, get into community. The, the, the Bible is, uh, is very clear that if you want to follow Jesus, you have to do it with others. Um, and it doesn't have to be a small group necessarily, but it, you have to be in relationship with other Christians. And, and if the Holy Spirit, one of the things that we've been talking about this whole time, if the purpose of it, or one of the purposes of it, is to empower you and to lead you to love others, why not put yourself in a place where you can weakly Start loving others. Like, and, and then you'll start to be, when you not actually just go to a small group, if you go to a small group and participate and engage, like, hey, how's your life? How's your relationship with Jesus? You'll start to see, like, oh my gosh, it just starts getting messy. And, and I feel like God's, like, saying, yep, like, I'm just gonna lead you in all those places so that I can show you what it looks like to love. And, and I'm gonna show you ways that you can love people that you can't do on your own that I'm gonna help you with. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we pray for your Holy Spirit. And uh, God, we pray for your guidance and direction. We pray that you would lead us and empower us to those who need your love. God, I pray that you would lead us away from our selfishness. And uh, I pray that you would lead us... uh, into true life. I pray that you bring the fruit of the Spirit out in our lives. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.